Hello, everybody. I am the Common Sense American. February is here. 2022 is marching forward, and I am here to lend a little bit of common sense to a very chaotic world. Um, and this week, uh, because we are starting Black History Month, I thought I'd address that, uh, and I'm sure to get plenty of, of nasty messages after I do it, but I really don't care. Um, the whole point of this is freedom of speech. The whole point of this is uh, to get people talking about important topics. At least I, I really thought that was the backbone of America. Uh, we're seeing something different than that now from the left. But let me just uh, push forward anyway because I still believe in it. Um, but before I do, I, I would just like to add a little quick little update on the whole COVID situation. I did my last full... Uh, a podcast on that topic a couple weeks ago, and I will not be uh, dedicating an entire podcast to it again unless something happens. Uh, we're talking, Europe is just sort of sprinting ahead now. We're looking at uh, Switzerland is talking about what they're calling a turbo reopening. Uh, Austria has lifted lockdown, which is a little surprising considering they're the most militant of, of almost any of the European countries. Uh, Denmark is now fully open. Um, uh, I'm really hoping the Scandinavian countries follow suit. Uh, I think they might. Uh, they tend to uh, go alongside Denmark in a variety of, of policies. So, and that would be good for me as I'm planning a trip to Norway in April and May. So, hopefully that will happen. Um, so, things are starting to s slide in the direction that we've always said they were going to slide in, and that's a good thing. So, let's start with that good thing. Um, now... For Black History Month, let me let me tell you my plan. Uh, I do have a plan, actually, for, for Black History Month. Um, but before I tell you my plan, which, again, is the one thing I'm sure to, to piss people off, let, I, I'll, let me give you a little background in case you're not familiar. I probably mentioned this before. If you're an avid listener to my podcast, I have done several podcasts dedicated to equality and race. Um, and I frequently use myself as an example and as set up, you know, I, there needs to be a, there needs to be a backdrop. There needs to be an introduction. You, you should know something about the person talking about this topic. Uh, so let me just say, when I was growing up, when I was a, a, a kid, there, there were only maybe a couple um, black children in my elementary school. Uh, I was largely white. Um, I will say that one of them was one of my best friends throughout uh, elementary school and into high school. Um, I will say that uh, when I was in high school, uh, I had several friends who were black. I never, even when I was growing up, I never even thought really that they were different. The only thing I would notice to my child eyes is that they were different in terms of skin color, but they didn't act any differently. They didn't seem any different to me. And it, it didn't seem odd that I had one of my friends was, was, was black and no one else thought it was odd. And bearing in mind that uh, we were not uh, constantly subjected to the idea of social justice at all. It wasn't brought up. And I, you know, we were all pretty normal kids and it just seemed like a normal thing. They were generally well-liked kids, the, 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 uh, these black students I'm, I'm speaking about. They were, uh, I, I never knew of any instance where they were bullied or discriminated against or any such thing. Um, they seemed happy. We all got along. I, I didn't really see any problems. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Maybe I was missing it, but it was such a small school and, and, and it would be hard to hide something so dramatic and something so, so terrible because everybody knew kind of everything that was happening. 
Uh, when I was in uh, college, uh, my favorite movie was Glory. My favorite book was uh, uh, Ralph Ellison's The Invisible Man. Um, I have always believed in equality. And, and those uh, forms of entertainment, that book and that movie, were, were my favorite because I really thought they were uh, extremely well done, uh, classics for a reason, um, and, but also because I think they, they made an important point. Uh, especially given the periods of history uh, about which they they taught, and it was they were they were really important things for me, uh, and I thought they were important to have in society, and I think it's important to always have these discussions in society so that people are not feeling unfairly discriminated against, kind of like how I feel every single day of my life at this point. And now, of course, I'm sure that there are people who are laughing or jeering at me or, you know, immediately saying I'm racist suddenly. I don't know how I became racist. I guess I am just because of the things that I say for the sake of equality. Things that I say, such as if you are uh, a person, a, a minority person, a black person, for example, and you say you're, you want to spend more time around people who are black, you, you, you want to vacation in a, in a mostly black country, perhaps one you came from, your ancestors came from, uh, or, or something like that. Now, if a white person said any, any of those things, or even hinted at wanting to do any of those things, that person is racist, while the black person is just celebrating their culture. That is just one example, of course, of what exists today, and it's called racism. Uh, and racism has now become policy. Racism has now become uh, normal. It began with affirmative action, which is blatantly racist. It, it, it has continued to uh, universities accepting far more minority students on average uh, than, you know, they're basically giving them preferential treatment. Uh, giant companies all on board with it, having uh, minority mandates and quotas, which they have to meet. Um, all of this, again, blatantly racist. Uh, and the president saying you know, the cherry on this racist Sunday that he's going to nominate a black woman. Um, now, I don't have a problem if a black woman's nominated. I have a problem if that's your determining factor for putting somebody on the Supreme Court, just like I would have a problem if it would, that was your determining factor as a white person, a white male. Determining factor is supposed to be ability, as it is for schools, jobs, and important posts in government. But that is not what we're being shown. We're being shown that identity politics and racism has taken hold. And as we are in Black History Month, one thing that pretty much every white person in this country is, is recognizing at this point is that every single month is Black History Month. And that we have been just facing a, a deluge of just endless, I don't want to say propaganda, but that's really what it is of people just saying, you know, you're the devil, you're the ones who are always evil, you're inherently racist. Critical race theory uh, spreads the idea that, that all white people are inherently racist. You notice it goes after no other race. It doesn't single out any race but white people. That's what critical race theory is. That's racist. Uh, it, it has that very convenient little loophole. So for my sake, it doesn't matter what my history is. Doesn't matter what I've said, doesn't matter what I've felt, doesn't matter with whom I've interacted. None of that has any bearing. I'm just racist because of my skin color. <laughs> it's a nice little loophole, which means that every single person who's white is inherently racist and they can be discriminated against, you know, and, and have that stick as a law. Have that and have people feel good about it. 
So my plan for Black History Month, because for so long, I am so sick of this, and I am not the only one of people who believe in equality, who believe everybody should be given a fair shake, who are long past the idea that skin color should have any bearing, who believe in a meritocracy, that it should be your drive and your determination and your ability and your skill. All of that comes first. I don't care if you're purple. What matters is whether or not you can do it and whether or not you're capable, whether or not you're a good person, whether or not you're a decent member of society. That's all I care about. That's all anybody should care about. Now you're starting to make me care about something else. You're starting to make me care about race because you know what? Before we didn't, before we really didn't, the vast majority of people, yes, white people, didn't give a crap. We had all gotten past this. It was a nasty part of our history. It's a nasty part of all of humanity's history. And you know what? We really did. We had gotten past this. I said, yeah, you know what? We don't care. I was Look how I was raised. Look the environment I was in. Even when it was overwhelmingly white. Even then, it was not an issue. For me, anyway. And for anybody I know. And for lots of people who grew up. And, and now, they're looking around with this startled look. Going, so now I'm back to being the devil. And now, I didn't even do anything. So we have a situation where people are acknowledging this. And my plan for Black History Month is to ignore all of it. I'm done. It's over. You've overstayed your welcome in terms, not black people, you, everyone who's been pushing this down my throat has overstayed their welcome. I'm done. If it's, it's going to be jammed down my throat every time I turn on the television, I'm diving for that remote. I even hear the word race. I'm diving for that remote. I see it, I hear it on, on, on the ram, driving down the road. I click, go to a CD, I don't care. I pick up a book, and it's something about how, obviously, once again, highly predictable, all the minorities are just perfectly noble, caring, hardworking heroes, and all the white people are always villains, always nasty, greedy, cold, stupid, which is a real common uh, facet of our entertainment these days, by the way, in addition to the fact that there isn't a form of entertainment that doesn't have a minority person in it. Not one. There isn't one. You won't find one. Not one. Movie, play, book, TV show. They, they, they don't exist. You won't find one. Even commercials, they don't. There isn't one. If a person came here today from another planet and just viewed our entertainment, they would think that 60% of this population is black when it's 16%. This is what we're being shown. They are overrepresented in every single facet of society at this point. Not underrepresented. They can't be underrepresented. I think it's funny that every single agent, for example, of somebody in the entertainment field, pretty much every single one says that they're looking for, quote, underrepresented voices. That they're looking to promote the underrepresented voice. Well, Okay, that's everybody who's in power to promote things in that field. How could those people possibly be underrepresented anymore? It's the same thing in politics. It's the same thing in, in, in offices. It's the same thing in schools. It's the same everywhere we go. So we're done. We've heard what you've had to say. We've heard it for decades and decades and decades. And finally, we're done. It has nothing to do with me saying, oh, I'm suddenly racist. And yes, you just brought it out in me. And I just want to be around white people. No. It has everything to do with you assuming things about me that were never true, telling me things, lecturing me on things that you apparently think to be true or know to be true, 
And me saying, I, and basically saying I have no defense because of my skin color. All of that is gone because that's racism. I ignore racism. I've been ignoring racism since the time I was three. I'm going to continue to ignore racism. No, you don't get Black History Month. I'm tired. The entire year is Black History Month. The entire civilization at this point is Black History Month. Or any minority. Anybody who's not white. When I say you've overstayed your welcome, what I mean is it has you've reached a point where it's oversaturation of the market, just like in anything else. When you oversaturate the market with one particular message or one particular product or something that, that people finally just get tired of it. They're just tired. And even though they're not going to make it public, I know people who are in marketing. I know people who are in that field. And they're all sort of whispering the same thing, which is this is not working. Not anymore. The wokeification is not working. The old phrase that got tossed around on social media for a while, the go woke, uh, woke, go broke thing, that's taking hold because they're not able to push this anymore. They are turning people away so fast when they do this that people are just, they're not even, they're not even listening to, to the explanation or anything behind it. They're just, they're done. They're leaving. Robin Hood going gender different race. Different. We're done. Nobody's watching it. No one's going to care. You'll get seven people of the far left who, you know, every time, because they're white, they get up in the morning and punch themselves in the nose five times and get down and pray on their knees for forgiveness for something they never did. That's fine. They're insane. Let them do it. They're racist against themselves. It's bizarre, but who cares? Um, you'll get those. But here's the thing. That is not the majority. It never has been. And there are people who sort of tolerated it. I did for a while. You know, it would pop up and somebody would be reading something, a book, and then I just, you know, you start to roll your eyes and go, yeah, well, that's predictable. It's, you know, you just, you're reading a mystery, but you just broke the mystery because we all know that there's no chance you're making the black person a villain. It's, it's obvious. You can't. It's a rule. It's, it can't happen in movies. It can't happen anywhere. And because it's so transparent, because it's so overt, and now because it's so completely insane and so racist, that you're you're not even you're not even giving people a chance to consider it. It's so disgusting. It's so repellent that we're finally there's a whole lot of people who are just retreating. You just get away from me. Get away from me. I'm tired of you treating me like this when I have never been like this in my life. I'm tired of you making not just making these assumptions, but passing them as fact and then passing policy on that, which is even worse. And we have to just shut up and take it. We're not allowed to speak. Be quiet. Sit in a corner. This sounds suspiciously like racism, doesn't it? In terms of everything that's happening. And speaking of which, the leftist agenda that just keeps getting plowed out of Washington and everywhere else and all the forms of media and everything, uh, it sounds suspiciously like pre-war Germany because they're being certain, the entire youth is being taught of, you know, not uh, how to think, but what to think. And they're being taught that certain people are bad and certain people are good. Not that there's differing views. Not that there are difference, uh, difference of opinion. But that one side is right and one side is wrong. And that the people who are being brutalized are the ones we have to care about. And in pre-war Germany and then during the war, the propaganda films made it plain that it was Germans who were being brutalized. That the people they were fighting against, the, the Russians and the Allies, were doing these acts of human brutality. And just look how bad these people are. And that's what we're fighting for. And oh, by the way, we're winning. Another very critical point of the propaganda, which is we're winning. Right? That has always been a key factor here as well. We're winning and we're right. That is what propaganda is. 
And in both cases, they're wrong, especially now. They're not winning, and they're not right. You can't keep telling people that they are inherently bad because of their color of their skin. That doesn't work. I don't care what you think your basis of, if you have a foundation, which you don't. Because it all stops there. And because of that, I'm stopping. You want to throw an all-black movie at me? I don't care. I don't care how good it is. It could be the next Citizen Kane. I'm not watching it. Because it's, it's obvious why you did it. And why can it exist? There's no such thing. There's no all-white anything. All-white cast of anything. It doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. Not anymore. And I don't care that it... I wouldn't... I don't need it to. All we should care about is you telling a certain story. All we should care about is whether or not this person is qualified for this job. All we should care about is whether or not this person is an asset to society. That's all we should be caring about. And you're telling us that it's not enough. You're telling us that that's not what we should care about, that we should care about the race of a person. I I thought that was backwards. I, I thought I was taught something else. So, so, for Black History Month, it's all over. I don't really care. I'm not interested, and a whole lot like me are. So here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to be doing exactly what I'm doing. They're tired. They were never racist to begin with. They don't think this way. They don't want to be told that they're bad people because of the color of their skin. And they don't need it crammed down their throats anymore. We're all done. It's going to be jammed at you every single place you go in February. And they're all done. They are turning their heads away and going, what else is on? I'm done. We're done. We're done talking about this. We're done arguing about it. You people are nuts. You people are racist. And we don't want any part of it. You're telling this to people who grew up in a time not that wasn't the 20s. Wasn't the 30s or 40s. Or 50s. We grew up when the, what, this wasn't an issue. You created the issue because you needed it. Because you have no other leg to stand on. Because without race and social justice, the left has nothing. And they know it. Certainly can't do economics. Don't ever put a leftist in charge of a business. Oh my God. Anyway, did you know, by the way, that in the early 20s, I think the Ku Klux Klan, uh, that was their record uh, membership. It was over a million, 1921 or two. And uh, that membership, by the way, it's, it's not just bottomed out. It's almost non-existent. It's, I think it's under 10,000. It's the lowest it's ever been. Um, so, and yet, and yet, all we do, all we ever hear, White supremacy this, white supremacy that. I, I, from what? Where? You see him march in the streets? I think that happens like once a year. While Antifa, whose numbers are probably well into the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands at this point, can pull off all kinds of insane, anti-society, disgusting, violent, atrocity. It's just a mess what they're able to do in the streets and get away with. And we're supposed to support that because, oh, well, every now and then, society needs a little bit of a violent push. Right. Uh, whatever. I don't know anybody who's a racist. I don't know anybody who's a white supremacist. I don't know anybody who's ever known a white supremacist. I don't see that being a problem. I don't see... It can't because policy is completely against it. Every single law we have, we have laws against all of it, and none of them are being broken because if you dare to break them and you're an employer, you know you're in for it. No, instead, it's the opposite. You have other racist quotas. And all of those cannot be ignored. I got out of journalism. I was in the I was in newspapers for years, um, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, but here's I'll leave you with this. I, I was supposed to cover a um, hip hop concert uh, nearby, and uh, 
and I was also supposed to cover a country western concert, uh, two in the same week. Uh, and so the country western concert came first, and I had an editor who told me that uh, when I go go to get quotes from fans who, who went to the concert and said what they thought about it, that I had to find a uh, quote uh, minority sounding voice. The the name had to sound you know you could you can't just say in the in the article that this person is black or I mean you could but it's awkward so you just make the sure there's an, an ethnic sounding name that makes so it's not they're white because country western concert they're going to be majority of white people and you know they didn't want to present that they wanted to make sure that there was a minority voice in there and I said well what if I can't find one I mean you know what if I can what do I do and they said without batting an eye make it up invent one. Make up a quote and put an ethnic sounding name behind it. And I, I just went, okay. So I followed that up. I said, I've got a hip-hop concert coming after that. I assume that you want me to find a white person in the concert and get a quote from that person, from Bruce Smith or whatever, if it's maybe a white enough sounding name or make it plain that it's a white person. So we have more of that. And they give me this... It was the person, this person was angry that I even suggested it. And it was clear that the word racist was going through their head. When in fact, the very order that they had given me was inherently completely racist. And completely unethical to, from a journalism standpoint, on top of which they didn't care. We're breaking all the rules of society, we're breaking all the rules of everything we've got. And all in the sake of a political correctness that has twisted all the way back around to being completely racist against a certain race. Now, I, you know, I remind you of what I said before in my past as I come to the end of the podcast here. I remind you of what I believe and what I, what I firmly believe in and why I am bowing out of anything regarding uh, Black History Month. It has nothing to do with me against Black people. It has nothing to do with what I think about them. It has everything to do with what I think about the message because it has become nothing about equality anymore, has everything about preferential treatment and racism, because that's what it is right now. On top of which, it's completely unnecessary. Underrepresented? There isn't a stat that says it. So, overrepresented is far more representative of what's happening. And we all know it. Thing is, we're all noticing it. It's become so obvious in every single thing that we see every day. And that is why more people are just saying, we're done with you. You want to be tearing down statues. You want to be telling my kids in school that they're bad because they're white. You want to be uh, inducting people into very strong positions of power because of the color of their skin and no other reason. You, you want to be doing this, whatever. I want no part of it. And I respect that. You want no part of it because you don't want to be part of racism. I don't want to be part of racism. Hence, I will not be part of it. Get how that works, liberals? Obviously not. But anyway, said my piece, as I always do every week, and I appreciate listening. So um, uh, it, everything I do, obviously, I don't swear in my podcast, and I don't uh, run ads, and I don't ask for your personal information. I don't invade your privacy or anything like that. But I do appreciate listening. So uh, it's always a, a good thing to be able to vent and have some people hear it. Um, so that's it for me, and I'll see you again next week. Thank you.